Uh, this is a special, special, special show today. Uh, I have collabed with the 49ers Cutback. For those of you that do not know, check out the 49ers Cutback on social media. All their social media links are in the description of this video. I'm talking about IG, Twitter. Uh, they even have TikTok, uh, YouTube. So make sure you guys check them out. And uh, I have uh, one half of the duo um, today, and he goes by the name of Ant, and he's representing the 49ers Cutback. Let's bring Ant on to the show what's good let me put you back on man how you doing what's What's going on i'm doing good i'm doing good yeah just uh enjoying a nice sunday night after training camp because i've been out there pretty much every single day this was a a long block friday saturday sunday and boy was it packed out there but it's been a lot of fun absolutely man and and i've seen you on twitter i even saw you in person at one of the days uh, for the training camp so it's good to see you in person you know representing the 49ers cut back and of course representing the niners man but you mentioned it it's been a very very busy weekend so far i mean you got you know brian young being inducted into the pro football hall of fame you got dwight clark day uh, at levi stadium how was uh Dwight Clark Day today at Levi Stadium. Um, and was this the, your first time going to the stadium for Dwight Clark Day? Uh, no. And you know what? It was It's interesting because they didn't have it in the stadium. They had it at the SAP Center again. So they had it a way smaller version than they had last year. We know me and you mm. both went to the stadium last year uh, where they had a, close to 18,000 people there. This time, 2,500 people. So they definitely Why? downgraded it. Uh, from everything I understood, the Red Hot Chili Peppers played at the stadium on Friday. Mm. They don't have the field ready to go. They're working on the turf to be able to have it ready for this Friday's uh, game against the Packers. So that seemed to be the reason why everyone was saying that, you know, the, the field just wasn't available. Wow. But it kind of stunk because it would have been really nice to have, you know, 18,000 people in that stadium again. That energy last year was off the charts. No wonder, no wonder, you know, I couldn't get tickets because last year I was able to go and, and enjoy the Dwight Clark Day and enjoy going to the, you know, 49er Stadium, Levi Stadium. Tickets are very expensive to get in, but for those that could make it out there for the Dwight Clark Day, it's it's only five bucks a ticket and the, and the, the cost of the ticket goes to 49ers uh, Community Outreach Program. So it would have been great to go. Uh, very unfortunate, but that that makes sense. You know, there was yeah. another event and they only were able to have 2,500 people. So that's unfortunate. Uh, but, you know, this show is nothing without the people in the comment section. Um, and I got to say what's up to the people in the comment section. And thank you guys for attending, uh, for tuning into the show tonight. Um, so we have Spy Nick Danger in the building. What's good? Appreciate, appreciate you tuning into the stream tonight. He says, go Niners, go Jay, go Ant. Appreciate it, man. Make sure you guys hit that like button. We also have Jess in the building. What's good? I believe Jess also is subscribed to 49ers Cutback, so I appreciate uh, you coming over to my channel, checking me out. I appreciate that. Um, And also, she says, hit that like button and subscribe. We have both Davids in the building. David McNew, he says, what's good, Jay? We need to drop Jimmy G like a bad habit. (laughs) That's pretty good. David also says, what's good, brother Jay? What's up, Ant? What's good? And Ant, you are a busy man. And I did yeah. not realize you went to every single training camp. Um, you know, that takes obviously a lot of dedication. Um, and that is something that should be admired. Man, I, I could not go to every single training camp. And obviously, you've seen a lot of the players. But let, let's go back to the beginning. Um, okay. you know, how did you first start liking football? How did you become, you know, a 49ers fan? Yeah, I was born into it. So my grandfather was a 49ers fan. And, you know, I'm I'm born in 1982. So I'm right in the middle of the 49ers heyday. They were just coming off, you know, their first Super Bowl victory. And my dad was a huge 49ers fan. And it just, it was in my blood. I've loved football ever since then. Um, and I think that, you know, I watched them all through the 80s, the 90s, and of course, all the bad times in the early 2000s when we get yeah. to Dennis Erickson and all that. Those were tough grinding times. But uh, yeah, I really loved it. And along the way, I had a passion for football enough to be a coach. Uh, so I coached for over 20 years, you know, what, wow. all through high school and everything. Uh, coach high school, the head coach uh, at the end there in 2018, 2019, right when COVID was coming in. And in mm-hmm. fact, the school I coached at ended up closing. Um, so I needed a new avenue to express my love for football. And uh, <laughs> 49ers are my, are my team. They've always been my team. So I thought, you know what, let's, let's hop on and see what we can talk some football and uh, yeah, it's been a lot of fun so far. Did you know Alex before you started uh, the 49ers cutback with him, or how did that come about? Yeah, 
Yeah, so actually I met Alex uh, when I was coaching. He was playing mm. at the high school, which I coached at. Ah. Uh, we met, and then he started coaching right out of high school. They made him the offensive coordinator of the JV team. And I, I was could see that. With, I yeah, could see that. <laughs> I was tasked with helping Alex uh, – you know, find find his groove and and get you know get get comfortable with being a offensive coordinator. So we worked together. I would get in the booth and help him call plays and and things like that. Uh, wow. So we got a good working relationship. And then uh, me and Horse actually kicked off 49ers Cutback way back in April. I think it was 2020. Uh, okay. And then we brought on Alex not too long after that. And uh, yeah, we just all been kind of grinding together since then. Cool. So you got the you got the dynamic trio going on. And I'm I'm also proud to say that I've been uh, on 49ers Cutback as well, yeah. doing my you know weekly segment talking about the games, and hopefully that'll continue this year. I look forward to doing that. And uh, it's cool because I didn't know that Alex was you know a, a Kyle Shanahan guy. I didn't know he was writing <laughs> X's and O's and <laughs> writing plays yeah. in the dirt. I didn't know that. So that, that's pretty good info, man. I appreciate that. Um, now. Uh, going back to the latest 49ers news, uh, we got to talk about the 49ers bringing on wide receiver Willie Sneed, uh, also brought in offensive tackle Jordan Mills, and also the 49ers were working out a quarterback, uh, James Morgan. What what did you think of the, the two signings and, and, and the 49ers working out quarterback James Morgan? Yeah, I mean, I thought Willie Sneed was a, a nice pickup. They they knew they were going to be able to you know really use the rookie this year. They went ahead and, and moved on from him and then went, you know, with a, a talented Willie Sneed who not only uh, has the potential to make an NFL roster, is a big-time special teams guy, and can also block in the run game. Those are things he's really good at. So adding Willie Sneed was important. As far as, you know, adding the the, the lineman, uh, Mills, it's all about Jalen Moore getting hurt. I think if Jalen Moore doesn't get hurt, they don't ultimately make that move. They're pretty comfortable with who's there. I don't think he's going to make this roster. I don't think he has a chance. He's a camp body. Uh, Willie Sneed, on the other hand, I don't know for sure because I don't know if they're going to keep five or six wide receivers. If they keep six, Willie Sneed has an opportunity. If they keep five, uh, there's no way he's going to make this team because those top five wide receivers are pretty darn good. Yeah, no, there's no doubt. And speaking of Jalen Moore, um, I don't know if Kyle Shanahan has um, informed everyone else, the media, the fans about Jalen Moore's injury. Um, have you heard anything news as of today? About Jalen Moore's yeah, injury. I mean, the only thing I had heard was that the the thought process was he was going to be out a couple weeks, mm. uh, so it wasn't anything serious. A couple weeks, not enough to you know get him to where they were going to worry about him not being able to make the fifty three man roster. I think they would carry him. They would actually carry a ninth offensive lineman to not lose Jalen Moore. Mm. And if they do that, they're going to have to release some pretty good young football players because you know there's guys like uh, Poe, Jason Poe, Nick Zakel, and uh, Donovan West that a lot of people really like. And they're probably not going to make this 53-man roster and are going to end up right. on the practice squad. Right. And that makes sense because, you know, th there's a lot of talent on this team. You talk about the defensive linemen. You're going to ha probably have at least 10 defensive linemen on the active roster up on game day at least. So that would be interesting to see how that plays out. Unfortunately, the 49ers have suffered some injuries throughout training camp. You look at uh, Eric Armstead. Uh, he'll be out multiple weeks. You just We just talked about Jalen Moore. Um, I think it was who was the it was a defensive lineman Maurice Hurst um, tore his biceps. He's out for the year. That's very unfortunate for Hurst. You know he's had back-to-back -back seasons of basically season-ending injuries. You know he's only played two games in the past uh, two years. Um, now speaking of you know Jordan Mills, he, he he's played at least I believe 87 out of 100 games I believe in his career. He's played mostly at right tackle. Um, we've seen the Niners kind of. Um, you know, take their time with Mike McGlinchey. We know he's coming back from the injury. When the 49ers signed Jordan Mills, did it did it make you wonder about Mike McGlinchey maybe not being ready for week one? Or you think this has nothing to do with Mike McGlinchey? It only has to do with uh, Jalen Moore getting hurt. I don't think it has to do with Mike McGlinchey for the mere reason that Colt McKivitz is having a heck of a training camp. I think Colt McKivitz would be the guy that would slide in there for Mike McGlinchey if there was some sort of an injury or yeah. they were worried he wasn't going to be up to full strength. But from what I've seen from him so far, as he's knocked off the rust, and a lot of that rust got knocked off real quick by Nick Bosa, uh, he's he's definitely done a lot better. He's able to anchor uh, in the pass protection uh, situations, which is nice because that was a, a problem for him when he lost weight in 2020. Mm. Now he's still able to do that. Right now, it's about the speed rush. Nick Bosa's been getting the best of him on those speed rush situations. But 
Uh, just yesterday, the offensive line played its best that has played the entire training camp, and that was with Mike McGlinchey at right tackle. And the run game is just so much better when him and Trent Williams are are the bookend tackles for this team. Yeah, and you and you mentioned the 49ers offensive line played their best. Um, it seems like Shanahan has to like sit Nick Bosa out uh <laughs> on, on several snaps because they're like hey man when Nick Bosa's in there he just wrecks havoc along this offensive line especially when he's not going up against Trent Williams uh but you know there's no doubt man this this offensive line will definitely need time to gel and I think it will struggle in the beginning of the season because there's a, there's a lot of uncertainty you look at the three interior positions there's uncertainty there uh we don't know what's going to happen with, with Brendo or Brunsky at the center spot um, at left guard, Aaron Banks, he didn't really play last year, any significant snaps. Um, at right guard, Spencer Burford is playing majority of the snaps, and he's a rookie. So uh, there's a lot of uncertainty, and, and I'm excited to see how it's going to play out, um, you know, through training camp and through preseason. Uh, just going back to wide receiver Willie Sneed, uh, you know, obviously Brandon Ayuk, uh, he's been the standout wide receiver there. I think Debo Samuel is slowly working, you know, into – you know, whatever his speed is, he's slowly working into it. The 49ers are not rushing him back. Um, but after that, would you say that the rest of the 49ers wide receivers have been disappointing uh, throughout training camp so far? Um, or if there has been another standout wide receiver besides Ayuk, who would you say it is? Uh, I think just yesterday, Ray Ray McLeod asserted himself as, you know, a legitimate target. And today he just, you know, doubled up on that. He When he, when he was out there, he got open. Uh, he made plays after the catch. The guy looks really good. And the fact that they're finally getting to the part of the offense where they're moving him, running fake fly sweeps to him, but also just allowing him to kind of use his skill set. Uh, there was times today with the first team that you had Jawan Jennings and Ray Ray McLeod lined up opposite of each other. No Ayuk, no Debo Samuel. And those guys were able to win. So I think that they're finding their footing. And, of course, Danny Gray had a big play down the field today. Nate Sudfeld threw one up. Uh, and he went back shoulder with it and caught it along the right mm. sideline. It was a very nice play. So we've seen moments from Danny Gray. I think he's going to be more hit and miss with his rookie season. But I think Ray Ray McLeod is going to be a legitimate threat for this 49ers offense, not only in the versatility in the run game that he can add and like the little fly sweeps and that sort of thing. But I think he's going to be really good in the pass game too because he gives you that Trent Taylor feel um, with a lot more ability because he's way better in the, you know, as far as not getting injured, but he's finding those locations in the zone, sitting down and making plays, but can also get the ball and, and do some damage because he's a lot faster than a Trent Taylor is. Mm, okay. And and I, I've heard that Jawan Jennings hasn't really been able to, to establish a connection with Trey Lance yet. Um, what would what would you attribute that to? I, I think it's right now Jawan Jennings hasn't been able to, for whatever reason, catch the ball consistently from Trey Lance. I, I don't know what's going on there, but he does have drops against Trey. So there's something that's not working there. He's still getting separation and getting open, and Trey's getting the ball on him. But for whatever reason, uh, they're just suffering more drops than they have. Maybe they just need to keep working on it. I don't know what the ball looks like to Jawan Jennings, but for whatever reason, he just can't catch it the way he was catching Jimmy Garoppolo's footballs last year. Mm. And and that could be a, a point where there could be some adjustment that needs to be made, you know, going from catching uh, Jimmy G's uh, balls to, to catching, uh, you know, Trey Lance ball. So I guess there that could be, um, you know, that could be some type of adjustment that needs to be made on, on Juwan Jennings part. But I don't put too much stock to it. Um, and I know there's been a lot of talk about the 49ers offensive struggles so far in training camp. I mean, they are going up against one of the best defenses, I think, in the NFL. Um, and, you know, you got Fred Warner. You got probably the three best linebackers when you put together in the NFL. Javarius Ward, I mean, it seems like he's a godsend, right? I mean, we haven't had this type of cover corner um, maybe since prime time. I, you know, I don't want to put that much expectations on Traverius Ward, but he's looked very well in camp. And when you match Traverius Ward, Emmanuel Mosley, and mind you, Emmanuel Mosley is in a contract year, he's going to try to get Traverius Ward money. So he's going to, you know, hopefully he can play at least 15, 16 games this year. And uh, it could be the last year he's wearing the red and gold. I hope not, but I'd be surprised if the 49ers sign, um, you know, Emmanuel Mosley to the type of contract that Charverius Ward got. But how good do you think this defense can be? Can it be better than 2019? I, I think it has the makings of that because you have a deeper defensive line. And we know the yeah. defensive line is what makes this whole motor go. And they're just deeper. I mean, that was the problem in 2019. Once the depth got hurt, 
the rotation couldn't continue. So you had Armstead getting extra snaps, Bosa, you know, D Ford got hurt and wasn't healthy consistently. These guys, I mean, if, if somebody goes down, they got another guy to step in. That's pretty darn good. And then you're right. The linebacker group is the best linebacker group since Kyle Shannon and John Lynch got here. That's not even close. I think it starts to rival the Harbaugh group, but we can't say that because Patrick Willis and Navarro Bowman were just too darn good. But yeah, the secondary, which are very sports good. What I like about the team is I believe that the defensive line is going to quicken the thought process of a quarterback, which is going to produce opportunities for the secondary to make plays. And what we've seen through pre, uh, through training camp so far is they're taking advantage of those linebackers and, and safeties corners are making interceptions which is a far cry from what we've seen in the past. Last year, they had 10 the entire uh, training camp session. Yeah. They're way past that now. I mean, they came yeah. up with three today. So I yeah. think that's going to be part of it. The other part is going to be when the secondary needs to lock people down, that's going to give the defensive line an extra second to get to the quarterback. So they're going to work in tandem together. So I really like that, along with the fact, if you get Javon Kinlaw and Eric Armstead healthy and playing on the interior, they're going to make it easy for this linebacker group to be able to stop the run which means you're probably going to have a lot of third and longs, which the 49ers can definitely be successful on. No, absolutely. And you mentioned this could be the 49ers' best linebacking core. I think this is the 49ers' best secondary. Um, and I think I think best overall defense under the Shanahan-Lynch uh, era. So uh, that could be a reason why, you know, Trey Lance is struggling in practice. And as you mentioned, the 49ers have, have already had double-digit interceptions in training camp. It seems like they've had at least a few, at least one or two interceptions a day. It seems like it. Um, you know, when I was there, the two days, uh, the first day I was there was Friday, a few days before the first padded practice. And whenever Trey Lance would take a snap, he had no time to throw. It, it didn't really matter who was in there. Uh, Bosa was getting after him. Samson was getting after him. Um, he just didn't really have time to throw. And that's the same thing that happened again the second day I was there, the, the first padded practice, which, which was that Monday. Trey didn't really have a chance to, to throw. He would either, you know, scramble out of the pocket, he would run, but he was still able to make plays. But like I said before, I think it'll take time for this offensive line to gel. Um, I think week one, uh, the offensive line is going to look much different, you know, two, two months down the road. Week 10, week 12, I think the offensive line will be much better. Um, and let's get to the Romilia Sports Report question. He's talking about Trey Lance struggling, and, and we know the Romilia Sports Report is a L.A. Rams fan. He says, question, Trey Lance struggled again today going 4 of 12. I think two of those passes were drops. So that's not Trey Lance's fault. And another pick. He says, reports of the O-line struggling daily, Trey having growing pains. Are you both worried about the Niners not making the playoffs? What, what, what do you say about that, Ant? No, I ain't worried. Uh, I'm worried about the Rams making the playoffs and being able to handle the Niners when we get there. Uh, no, I'm not worried about it because I've seen how good the offensive line has got from last Wednesday when they opened training camp till now. It's it's tremendously different. I mean, that's the thing. You had moving parts, guys who weren't used to playing with each other. Now they're getting those reps and they're starting to look good. And it was just yesterday that that offensive line was giving Trey Lance all the time he needed, and Trey Lance was absolutely picking apart the 49ers' very talented defense. So, I mean, is he going to have ups and downs? Yeah, he's a young guy, right? He's a young yeah. quarterback. Uh, but some of the situations that were presented today were because of good defensive play. Trey got some bad footwork going on on one of them, over through Debo Samuel. Another one, he had a choice route to Brandon Ayuk. Ayuk goes outside. He expects him to go inside because of Charveris Ward's leverage, mm. and he almost throws an interception to Ward. Those things are going to happen as these guys try to figure it out. But as a coach, you want bad things to happen in practice so that way then you can coach them so they don't happen again. Uh, so I think really when it comes down to it, you don't care about the numbers. I don't care about results of plays. What I care about is these guys getting better every single day. And if Trey comes out on Tuesday and he's way better than he was you know, today, then I'm going to be encouraged about his potential to you know, uh, make big plays when we get into the season. No, absolutely. Um, Got to say – What's good to Niners Warriors? Uh, thanks for tuning in to the stream today. Also have Kimberly. What's good? We got Livy's World as well. Livy's World says, "Hey, it's my boy Jay. How you doing on this Sunday? Doing, doing great. Doing great. Couldn't be, couldn't be better." Also have SF uh, Niners Sports Nation in the building. What's good? Appreciate everyone tuning in to the stream today. Feel free to hit that thumbs up button. Yeah, but as far as Trey Lance struggling, I mean, I can't really say it any better than you did. Um, you know, he is a rookie quarterback, basically, as uh, his first full year starting. So I do expect to see some growing pains, especially with 
you know, question marks at the, at the interior offensive line. Um, and also, you know, going up against an elite defense. So uh, I don't put too much stock into it. Uh, I'd rather see, as you said, I'd rather see the growing pains now. And there will be growing pains in yeah. um, in the game, in the regular season games. There will be. He's not going to not throw any interceptions. He's not going to make any mistakes. That's just not going to happen. Uh, he will make mistakes. Look look at, um, you know, Matt Stafford. He led the league in, in interceptions, right? And, and, and it didn't matter. At the end of the day, he won a Super Bowl. So um, you know, mistakes will happen. But as you said, as long as he overcomes them, he learns from it and he doesn't make that same mistake again, because we know we've seen number 10 make those mistakes, uh, you know, <laughs> too often. And, and that's why he's no longer. Well, he won't be on the team now. Now, let me let me play devil's advocate a little bit about Jimmy G. Um, you look at a general manager's job. A general manager's job is to put the best, uh, you know, 53 man roster together on an NFL team. You look at Bob Myers for the Warriors. He's supposed to put the, the best 12 to 15 guys on a basketball team. You look at, um, you know, uh, Farhan, Farhan for the San Francisco Giants, general manager. He's supposed to put the best, you know, 25 guys on a major league roster. If now John Lynch, if that's his job, why wouldn't he have Jimmy G be the backup quarterback for this team? Um, because we know Jimmy G is better than Sudfeld. Uh, we know Jimmy G is better than Brock Purdy. If that's John Lynch's job to put the best 53-man roster together, why not keep Jimmy G as the backup? W what do you say to that? I mean, it, that makes sense, right? If you're trying to build the best roster for this season, then you keep Jimmy Garoppolo because he's obviously would be the best backup in the NFL. Yeah. But it's also John Lynch's job to make sure they're fiscally responsible so that way they're able to put together the best roster in 2023, 2024, 2025, and being able to keep Nick Bosa, maybe Dre Greenlaw, you know, uh, Mike McGlinchey. These guys are going to be coming up and available uh, on free agency. You have to be able to bring those guys back, and Jimmy Garoppolo's money would definitely go to help you be able to do that. You could automatically front load some of these contracts. So uh, you want to make sure you have at least – five to six million dollars in operating costs the 49ers have already eaten some of that up you know by making some of the moves that they've made so Debo Samuel extension used an extra like one and a half million dollars off of that so they have about four million dollars left I think they still plan on moving on from Jimmy Garoppolo but you're right I mean if you're just talking about putting together the best 53-man roster it would mean Jimmy Garoppolo is a backup quarterback I just don't think anyone really wants to pay Jimmy Garoppolo 27 million dollars you know, to potentially stand there and just uh, listen to the headset on the sideline. No, that's a very, very good point. Um, I don't see Jimmy G taking a pay cut to stay with this team. I mean, if, if let, let's all, you know, take it and put yourself in the Jimmy G shoes, right? Would you want to be with the 49ers at this point? I mean, I know they paid you handsomely. You know, you're a rich man, but, you know, they drafted your replacement. They basically said, hey, you're not good enough. That's why we have Trey Lance here. I don't think Jimmy G wants to be there. I wouldn't want to be there if I was Jimmy G. Let's just be real. Uh, but, you know, he hasn't asked for his release yet, which is, I, I don't know why. I, or Well, I guess because if he gets traded, he'll get the full amount of money, right? If, yeah, if for he, the most yeah. part. I mean, yeah, yeah he, he would get it all unless they came to some sort of agreement, which I'm pretty sure he's going to have to take a pay cut to go to any team that he goes to in trade. No one's going to want to take on that full $27 million uh, contract. Unless unless the 49ers do what Cleveland Browns did with Baker Mayfield. I think the Browns paid uh, $10 million of his $16 million salary owed. The 49ers could do that, but I don't think that would be in the best interest of the 49ers to do that. I think you might as well just outright cut him because the compensation you'll get in return, even if it – I mean, let's be real. Niners not going to get a second or third round pick for Jimmy no. G. Maybe – Maybe a fourth or fifth, but is that really worth, let's just say, $10 million in return? Like, I, I don't think uh, that would be worth it. But, uh, you know, I, I appreciate what Jimmy G has done for this team, um, and especially under Kyle Shanahan. I mean, before Jimmy G, there were there were some lean years with, with uh, Chip Kelly and Tom Sula. Um, and, hey, Jimmy G made us relevant when we were – when he was healthy, let's be real. Um, he, ha he did make us relevant. I appreciate what he's done for this team, but obviously Trey Lance – the Trey Lance era is underway. Uh, and it's, it's basically we're just counting down the days until Jimmy G is either traded or, or released. Um, going back to training camp, since you've been there every day, has there been a player that you've seen that isn't the, making the most out of their opportunity or they've been disappointing so far when you've expected more? 
Yeah, it's interesting because people come in the chat all the time and want me to talk about the most disappointing player or disappointing players at camp. And yeah. really, I haven't had a player that I've been disappointed in because even though I've seen people struggle, I've seen them bounce back the next day. That's the only good thing about being able to be there every day is you're going to see guys just like Trey Lance today who has a, you know, a struggle. Um, but I've also seen yesterday where he had such a great day. So I think the ups and downs are kind of what you expect from training camp. My main thing is the next time you come out, just don't make the same mistakes. It was, it was a couple days ago. Daniel Brunskill was definitely struggling snapping when he was under center. Uh, the snap was slow. It made Spencer Burford almost be off sides a few times. And I, I came out and tweeted that, hey, Daniel Brunskill's got to speed up the snap, but he can with reps. Today, when Daniel Brunskill was taking reps with the first team, the snap was crisp. It was fast. And everything was looking good. So uh, they're going to have ups and downs at camp. But in the end, all you want them to do is just continue to get better. No, absolutely. Uh, and speaking of players taking first team snaps, uh, you know, Talanoa Hufunga was taking, you know, first team reps at that strong safety spot pretty much every day of training camp. And I believe yesterday, um, Tavarius Moore was on the first team. Did that continue today or was Huff back at strong safety? Yeah, Huff was back. Huff was back okay. at it. And uh, his energy level was back up yesterday. Uh, there was Huff didn't come out early which he does every single day. And Huff's energy level was way down when he was playing mm. with the second team with George Odom. Uh, but today he was back at it and him and Jimmy Ward were getting after it in the secondary. So I think they're preparing for them to have a rotation between those three guys. Of course, Jimmy Ward and then the other two splitting time. I, I think that's what they're working towards, but they were working on a specific thing too. Uh, yes, Tarverius Moore was getting first team reps, but they were working on shell coverages, which shell coverages are, you're showing a certain thing and then at pre-snap, and then before the snap, you change your coverage and blitz as well. They're working on their blitz scheme. So mm. it could have had something to do with that. Don't know for sure. But, yeah, Tarverius Moore, first-team reps yesterday. Today was back to Huff. If Tuesday Tarverius Moore is back out there again, that means they're back to doing what Brunskill and Brendel are doing, and they haven't really decided who's going to be that safety opposite of Jimmy Ward. I think that's a I think that's a good problem to have. I mean, Huff is a young guy. You know, it's only his second season. Tavarius Moore missed all of last year with the torn Achilles, and he looks pretty good. Uh, I don't think there's a clear cut favorite. Uh, I mean, it could be Huff, but I, I would imagine Tavarius Moore will get some snaps in the regular season, whether that be thirty percent of the snaps, maybe forty percent of the snaps. I think we'll see Tavarius Moore there. And also, what do you think about the 49ers running like a, a three safety? type coverage do you anticipate the Niners will, will do that this year yeah I actually think it, it will happen I saw them practice it a little bit I'm sure they probably don't want very many people talking about it mm -hmm. uh, but they were willing to do uh -oh. that in 2019 with Tarverius Moore and Jaquiski Tart you know and uh, Ward and I think they'll be willing to do that again because uh, Hufanga's skill set is completely different from Moore where right. Moore is going to be great over the top playing that deep third uh, you know Hufanga is going to be in the box so you can play all those three guys together and with more and Ward's ability to cover, you have a lot of versatility. No, absolutely. Um, and I'm looking forward to seeing how this competition will play out. I love to say iron sharpens iron. And I think uh, we're seeing that at various positions on the 49ers in training camp. Uh, and for those that are just tuning in, feel free to hit that thumbs up button and make sure you subscribe um, and follow Ant on from the 49ers Cutback. All 49ers Cutback social media um, contacts are in the description of this video. Make sure you check them out. If you haven't heard of the 49ers Cutback, I'd be surprised. Uh, they're doing big things. Uh, they're almost at 3,000 subscribers. So, man, can, early congratulations to you, man, on uh, reaching uh, 3,000 subscribers. And you guys just started your channel. I think it was June of 2020, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so when we uh, hopped onto YouTube. We just got going then. So it hasn't been that long. Uh, but, yeah, we're hoping to get to 3K here pretty quick. Absolutely. Yeah, you guys should be able to get that before the start of the season, no doubt. Um, now, as we talked about in the beginning of the show, um, you know, you you are a coach, you and Alex, um, and I, you've seen fights in training camp. Um, and, and guys, especially on the defensive side of the ball, you have to be physical. You, you have to practice being physical. You can't just necessarily flip a switch on game day. Um, and I love the tenacity and, and energy that Fred Warner brings to this 49ers defense. Even when I was at training camp, I love how he goes to the, the crowd and he tries to hype the crowd up. Like that's something that it, it's, it's, it's something small, but it's special because not a lot of players do that. When you look at Nick Bosa, like, I don't even know if he, is he happy to be there? Like, you know, I, I don't know, but um, 
speaking of Fred Warner, you know, he hit wide receiver, I believe it was Marcus Johnson, um, who suffered a concussion. Um, and we know he got into a physical conversation with Brandon Ayuk. Now, what are your thoughts on scenarios when, when that happens in training camp? Um, are you for it as long as, hey, no one gets hurt? Or you think Fred Warner maybe should have been tossed out of practice? Uh, I wouldn't toss him out of practice. I mean, number one, he's a leader on your football team. You let the other leaders on the team go ahead and handle the situation. If they felt that it was a dirty play, they're going to get after Fred. And, you know, I guarantee Fred's going to go and take care of business because that's the kind of leader that he is. Um, it was definitely a high hit, you know, on a, on a crossing pattern. And, I mean, him and Ayuk have been battling as far as words. But I think this is kind of normal in training camp. You see tensions rise. These guys get tired of seeing each other, hearing the same voices, you know, going against the same battles. Eventually, it will cultivate them to go against another team. But right now, I think it's just, you know, you get a little bit stressful. You have these moments. And it was their second day in pads. So physicality was definitely picking up. And uh, Fred was getting after these guys a little bit, and Brandon didn't like it. But the play before that, Brandon Ayuk was definitely talking trash to Jimmy Ward. That's why the everyone was heated up. But I do think it's normal. I think we see almost all 32 teams at some point have some sort of a squabble that they end up having to squash. I mean, out there in uh, New Orleans, it's like every single day with Penning. He's basically uh, been suspended uh, off and on for all the fights that he's starting. So I think it is kind of wow. normal. Yeah, I mean, this is competition of the one percenters of the NFL. I mean, you know, only so many guys can do this this type of job. Um, and, and it's hot. As you mentioned, they're in pass, they're hitting, they have to be physical. It just sucks that a player like Marcus Johnson, who's, you know, who's fighting for a roster spot, most likely, you know, he's most likely going to be a practice squad player, but it sucks that he suffered a concussion and now he can't really compete. So hopefully, you know, this was a lesson of Fred, be physical, but, you know, and I don't say he's, I'm not saying he's trying to hurt Marcus Johnson or anything like right. that, but it, it sucks that that was the outcome. Um, but as, as you mentioned, when, when you were talking, I, I thought of, Trey Lance's struggles and this 49ers defense, you know, they know the plays, right? Like they know Trey Lance, his audibles or whatever. They've seen these plays before. Um, this defense is, is a veteran led defense. They know, they pretty much know what's coming to them. So that could be another reason why Trey Lance is struggling a little bit. Um, now, quick question about the preseason. Do you anticipate any of the 49ers starters uh, taking significant snaps versus the Packers, specifically Trey Lance? Uh, no, I don't think Trey Lance is going to play that much. I think just Kyle Shanahan, the way he handled the press conference, talking about, you know, the three games happening in 12 days, he wasn't really a fan of that. And I think they're actually going to put more emphasis on the joint practices with Minnesota. You can control those situations better. You can, you know, make it a lot better for your football team as far as, hey, we want a two-minute drill. You're not for sure going to get those in preseason, but you can do those in those situations. I know last year against the Chargers, those were really important. I don't think we're going to see a lot of starters. I think we will see the young guys, you know, maybe Aaron Banks, Spencer Burford. Those will be guys that could play. Drake Jackson. I don't. I know he's not a starter, but I think those are the names you'll see out there playing. And really, those are the guys that I think everyone should be excited to see because you already know what you're going to get from most of them. Uh, right. But, yeah, you're going to have to wait on Trey Lance a little bit. I don't think we're going to get a whole lot of him in the preseason this year. And that could be a reason why they were working out quarterback Jordan Mason, maybe as a, you know, a camp arm, you know, that could be a possibility. And I would say I'm excited to see, you know, TDP run the ball, um, you know, because I think he'll get a lot of carries. Also, um, Jordan Mason, the running back as well. Uh, I'm excited to see him get some run. Who knows? I think he's kind of on that, the edge of the roster. Will he be able to make it? I think it's between him and maybe Jeff Wilson Jr., uh, I, I tend to give an edge to Trey Sermon because I mean the guy was a third round pick. You can't you can't cut a third round running back. And Kyle Shanahan does not like to admit when he's wrong. And I don't think there's no way in hell that uh, you know Trey Sermon is going to get cut. I, I just don't see that happening. But it is an exciting running back group, that's for sure. And I'm excited to see what they'll do um, in the preseason game. And we are what we are five days away from, from the first preseason game. So I'm definitely looking forward to that. Gotta say, hot diggity dog. I appreciate that $5 super sticker, Blue True. Appreciate your continued support uh, of the show. Appreciate that. Um, gotta talk about, let's go back to training camp. Um, Alex Mack retired. Um, he was with the 49ers. He was with Kyle Shanahan through previous stints when he was with Cleveland and Atlanta. Alex Mack brought, uh, you know, veteran understanding. Uh, he was able to call out plays at the line of scrimmage. Uh, he was able to say, hey, that linebacker's coming in. Maybe you should audible. Now, 
there's uh, uncertainty at that position, obviously, that Alex Mack retired. You got Jake Brindle, who hasn't really played any significant snaps in games. Brunskill can do it all. He's played tackle. He's played guard. He's played some center. Um, he can do it all with the 49ers along this offensive line. Who do you think wins the center position battle, uh, Jake Brindell or, or Brunskill? Or it could it's be a different player. Yeah, it's interesting. I've been going back and forth. Uh, during the week, I, I saw the way Brunskill was blocking, and I wanted to roll with Brunskill. And then uh, he, I saw his struggles with the snap. And then I was like, oh, I'm going to go with Brendel because Brendel's looking more consistent. And then today it was back to Brunskill and Brendel, um, both doing things very well and both of them you know, not really separating themselves from each other. So I think this is really going to play out in the preseason. These are two guys we might actually see significant reps from uh, playing in front of Nate Sudfeld. Let's see what happens when these guys get out there because right now they're they're working really good in tandem with these guards as far as starting to get the run game going, You know, pushing to second level. They're doing those things. They're both athletic enough. I don't think there's enough of a separation to yet know who's going to win this job. So I think it's it, they're, it's one of those things where I thought for the first time a couple days ago, Daniel Brunskill might not actually start. Uh, and I thought that there was no way Daniel Brunskill wouldn't either start at center or guard, but that actually is a possibility now. And I never thought that was the case, um, but I'm not going to count him out of the center job yet. So I'm going to let this thing play out, but I have no idea right now who's going to start at these two guys. They both have good techniques and they're both playing pretty well. I think Kyle Shanahan definitely values the center position. You know, we went out and got Alex Mack. Um, before that, we signed a veteran free agent. His name is escaping me right now, but he his career basically ended due to injury. You know, Weston Richburg. Right. Uh, so the 49ers do value that center position, and we've never – I don't believe we've ever had a rookie really play significant snaps at the center position. No. We know, uh, you know, uh, Kyle Shanahan loves his crafty veterans. You know, you think about Tom Compton last year starting at right tackle, and people were like, what are you doing, you know, starting Tom Compton? And I think he played pretty decently at that right tackle spot. And I say that to say I think Brunskill has the edge. Um, I think Shanahan trusts Brunskill. We've seen Brunskill, uh, you know, perform. You know, we've. I mean, we. <laughs> let, me, let me go back up. We've seen Brunskill kind of get manhandled at times in pass blocking situations, but we've also seen him put the clamps on Aaron Donald. Like so, we've we've seen the highs and the lows from Brunskill. Uh, if I had to make a wager on it, I would say Brunskill gets the nod, uh, especially since you say that there's not a huge um, separation from from Brendel and Brunskill. So I think you give the nod to Brunskill just because he he knows the system. Um, he may not be great at snapping, but hopefully. You know, maybe that'll work itself out. We'll see what happens, though. I, we'll see what happens in training camp and uh, in preseason games. Because obviously, like you said, those two guys are probably going to be one. One guy will start, another guy will back up, and we'll see that competition play out. Um, what do you think is stopping the 49ers from signing a free agent center? You know, I keep hearing, I've been hearing all season. We got to go sign this future Hall of Fame player, J.C. Treader. I keep I keep hearing this. I've looked up J.C. Treader. He doesn't practice much, but he's he's an he's an Iron Man. If you look at his 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 game log, he's played basically every game uh, that he's been eligible to play in the last few years. Um, he's still a free agent. I'm not sure why, but why won't why are the Niners passing up on this generational talent at the center position in J.C. Treader? What's going on? Yeah, I don't know for sure, right? I mean, you you hear the things about his knees, and that makes you think that maybe they're just concerned about his knees and the medical. You also hear that, you know, he's a big part of the players' union, and he wants – he doesn't like the off-season workouts, so he doesn't like training camp. He doesn't like OTAs or mini camps. So maybe that's a reason he's wanting to wait. It could be that a team is wanting to wait until the season starts so that way his money's not guaranteed. That's possible. All the while, J.C. Treader wants guaranteed money. It's one of the weirdest things because if you look at him talent-wise, he should be on a NFL roster and a starting center in the league, but no one's touching him. Is that because he doesn't want to sign for what they're offering, or is that because they're all so scared of his medical? I, I'm not sure, but the 49ers, I thought on brand like you brought up, would have been Weston, they went Weston Richburg, Ben Garland, you know, Alex Mack, that they would go with a veteran center. And maybe their veteran center is Daniel Brunskill or Jake Brindle, but it would have would have thought. I mean, wisdom wise, you would have think it would have been J.C. Treader, but I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think it's going to be Treader. 
I think it's going to be Brindle or Brunskill. And I think all the 49er fans are just, we're all just going to have to sit here and be like, I don't know why. I have no idea. Yeah, sometimes we 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 shake our heads sometimes at, at Kyle Shanahan's decisions. But going back to Treader, the last five seasons with the Cleveland Browns, he hasn't missed a game. He's played 16 games each year since 2017. So, I mean, the guy's the guy's an Ironman. Um, but as you mentioned, you know, he wants that guaranteed money. Um, and so it, it, I'm not sure if you know this, but uh, quick question. Let's say the 49ers bring in Treader. Um, let's say tomorrow they sign him one year deal, $7 million, five of it is guaranteed. And all of a sudden Treader gets hurt. Um, the 49ers will owe him the guaranteed portion of his contract. Correct. Uh, they'll owe him 7 million if it's a one year deal. Um, mm. that's, that's the problem. I mean, if you're bringing him in for a one year deal, whatever you say, you're going to pay him it ends up being guaranteed. And mm. because he's a veteran, he's going to get all that money. That's why if you're signing J.C. Treader and you have concerns about injuries, um, sign him after week one. If you sign him after week one, the money's not guaranteed. That's what they did with Josh Norman. You bring these guys in late, and then their money's not guaranteed, so then you have less risk. Maybe an NFL team would be willing to do that. I don't know, uh, but we'll, we'll see. I, I don't know I don't know why Treader hasn't landed somewhere, but I figure he does at some point. Especially since the Buccaneers, they lost their center, Ryan Jensen, I hear um, so that that could be an option as well. But you mentioned it; he doesn't he doesn't want to practice. He doesn't like OTAs. He doesn't like training camp. Um, but also, he wants to get the guaranteed money. Well, you can't get both, right? You can't get both. So it'd be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, but I, but as you said, the 49ers could have addressed the center position. Uh, I was back back during the draft. I would have loved if we got Tyler Lindstrom. I wanted to to get a, a young center, kind of like how Peyton Manning had Jeff Saturday. I would have loved to give Trey Lance an opportunity to develop with the center and, you know, they could have a long career like Jeff Saturday and Peyton Manning did. But the 49ers did not address the, the center position in the draft. I know we got some UDFAs, but for whatever reason, you know, Shanahan was okay with going with either Brindell or Brunskill. And I guess the best man uh, for the job will win. And um, I guess we'll see how that plays out. Um, going back to training camp battles, I have to ask you about the tight end room. Uh, we know that Charlie Warner uh, is recovering from a, a core surgery. He's yet to really participate in training camp. The 49ers brought on a veteran tight end and Tyler Croft, who one could say his better days are behind him, but he did have, I think, a year in Cincinnati where he put up pretty good numbers uh, receiving wise. Um, the 49ers also brought on uh, Tanner Hudson. And uh, I believe when I was at camp, he made a few few good plays. He seems to be a guy that really stands out in practice, not only because of his height, but just he's able to catch the ball. And um, he's, able, he's, he's got some wheels on him, too, after he catches the ball. What, my question is, once the 53-man roster is set, who do you envision will be in the tight end room and how many tight ends do you think the 49ers will keep on the 53-man active roster? Yeah, I think they're going to keep three tight ends. I think the question is, how is Charlie Warner going to be? If Charlie Warner starts the season on the pup list, you know, that means he doesn't count against this active 53-man roster. So they'll end up having actually four tight ends around. Uh, but I think that Charlie Warner would be one of them. Now, I'm going to go ahead and say that right now he ends up on the pup list to start the season. That would mean he's out the first six games of the year, and you're going to roll with somebody else. I think Tyler Croft is tight end too. From everything I've seen today, George Kittle didn't practice. Croft was taking first team reps. So Croft is tied in too. I think after that, it ends up being Ross Dwelly. Dwelly's blocking has been better in training camp so far, and he's still a threat in the passing game. But you're right. Tanner Hudson has looked pretty good in the passing game as well, and his blocking hasn't been too bad either. He's definitely pressing. He made another really nice play today as well. And then Fumagalli is kind of, Troy Fumagalli's kind of fallen off. Uh, he's a good blocker, but in the receiving game, he hasn't been a threat at all over the last you know few days of training camp. So I think that's kind of how it goes right now. You know, Kittle, Tyler Croft, Ross Dwelly, Tanner Hudson, Troy Fumagalli, and all the while that depends on Warner being on the, you know, on the pup list. And if he is, then then Dwelly makes the team. If Warner's not on the pup list, I think Ross Dwelly ends up getting released. Wow. And and I would say, you know, from watching Ross Dwelly, he just for me, he's just a jag. Uh, he's just he's just another guy. He doesn't really excel in the passing game or. For whatever reason, Jimmy never threw to him when he was in there. For whatever reason, uh, Jimmy never threw to him. Um, I just don't see 
you know, I, I would be willing to bring in, uh, you know, Tanner Hudson on uh, to replace Ross Dwelly. Uh, but but we know that Shanahan values, uh, you know, run blocking. And we do that a lot here on the 49ers. So you got to be able to run block if you're a tight end. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, how that plays out. And um, unfortunately, um, Jordan Matthews, you know, he was converting to a tight end. Unfortunately, he tore his ACL um, and he'll be out for the rest of the year. So that's another uh, player that, you know, Unfortunately, won't be able to make an impact, even though it was a long shot for Jordan Matthews to make the 53-man active roster. But we know he's a pretty good receiver at the tight end position. But unfortunately, he suffered, uh, you know, an injury. Um, Got to ask you, what is your bold prediction for the 49ers? Now, this is a two-part question. So bold prediction for the 49ers season as a whole and then bold prediction for a 49ers player. Okay, so first off, I'll start. Okay, I think the team is. I think the team's going to make the playoffs. I think the team's going to have a nice run, and I think that Trey Lance is going to be pretty consistent. And I actually had somebody come through the chat is Forty Nineers George three sixty five and said, you know, Trey Lance puts up about three thousand yards of total offense and twenty five touchdowns. And I'm going to kind of roll with what Forty Nineers George said, except I'm going to say he goes about thirty five hundred total yards on offense and then around 25 touchdowns and leads the 49ers to the playoff in the first year. And then let's see what happens with this great defense and uh run game. But uh, that's my bold prediction that Trey goes for 3,525 touchdowns, which I think everyone thinks gets them to the playoffs and maybe the promised land. We'll see as far as player. I think this is what, this is the year that Brandon Ayuk breaks out. I think Brandon Ayuk has himself one heck of a season because there's going to be so much attention paid to uh, Debo Samuel. I think Debo Samuel is going to get a lot of attention and then George Kittle and we got a natural chemistry, you know, going on with Brandon Ayuk and Trey Lance. So I think this year Brandon Ayuk eclipses 1,000 yards in receiving, and he comes up with uh, double-digit touchdowns. I'll give him 10 touchdowns, mm. and I think he just has himself one heck of a year. Yeah, I mean, Trey Lance, uh, you know, if he threw for 3,500 yards over a 17-game season, that's about 205 yards per game. So I could definitely see that happen. I would raise it. I would go – I think he would go at least 4,000 – uh, passing yards in this offense, I could definitely see that. And I like, I like the the Brandon Ayuk, um, you know, progression that he's doing. He's lo- he's looking pretty good in camp. He obviously has a much better rapport <laughs> with Trey Lance as opposed to Jimmy G. Trey Lance will actually throw the ball down the field, and that's what Brandon Ayuk loves. So that is a a great, uh, that was a nice uh, prediction. I like that. Got to say, what's good to Seijin. Appreciate you coming into the stream. You are a Seahawks fan, but man, you are always welcome. And that's the goes for any fan base. You're always welcome to tune into the show. Hope you're having a, a great Sunday. Um, now let's talk about, um, let's see, already talked about, let's go back to the defense. Um, now we mentioned, I mentioned earlier about the 2019 roster compared to this roster. Um, who do you think has the better defense? Um, you're looking from 2019 and this year, what would you say? Yeah, I think that number one, the defensive line is better. Bosa is, is just farther along in his development. So he's better than he was his rookie year. That's number one. Uh, I think, you know, we, you are missing a D Ford presence in 2019. D Ford was that speed rush element opposite and Bosa was crazy, but you make up for it with tremendous depth in other areas with that Samson, Ebicom, Charles, Aminahue, Jordan Willis, and now young Drake Jackson, rotating and you have Kinlaw and Armstead on the inside who are better run stoppers than Buckner, for instance, uh, Buckner would have got them in the past, but as far as pass rush, but as far as run game, they're definitely going to be better in that area, but linebackers, I don't even think it's close because you had a young Drake Greenlaw. So he's better in that department. And then it was Quan Alexander who struggled to make tackles and struggled with angles. You don't have that with Aziz Alshire. He's a little bit better than Quan in those areas. And then in the secondary, it's not Richard Sherman, who I love Richard Sherman, uh, but it's Charvarius Ward, who can definitely handle man coverage. Emmanuel Mosley's better than himself. Uh, so he's better now than he was then. And I think that's part of the upgrade situations. You have upgrades with Jimmy Ward. Uh, the only question mark you would have would be, you know, your nickel corner spot with Kwan Williams or Darquez Denard. And with, you know, whoever it is, Tarverius Moore or uh, Talano Hufanga and Jaquiski Tart. Those are the matchups, but... Overall, I think this defense is just a little bit better because it's a little bit deeper. Yeah, you know, I, I think 2019, we, obviously we haven't seen what this what this defense can do so far, but on paper, they they I think they look a little bit better. But 2019, you know, you had uh, Jaquiski Tart, and, and granted, 
he's not necessarily a playmaker. He's not going to get interceptions, but you know, he, he is a veteran. He can make plays on the field. Um, he knows where everyone needs to line up at. And I think that was a pretty good tandem. Jimmy Ward and Jaquiski Tar was when both players are healthy. Um, you know, I think that was a really good tandem. You mentioned Richard Sherman, you know, he was never a speedster, but you know, he definitely brought an intensity and attitude that kind of reminds me of uh, what Fred Warner is trying to do now. Um, and I love to see that at the cornerback spot, you know, he, he loved to tackle great in zone and he was just a heady player. He, like he knew what was coming, you know, before the play, you know, was run. Like he, he's seen it all. Um, and there's no doubt Richard Sherman, it, you know, is a hall of famer. You mentioned the nickel nickel corner spot and we haven't really touched on that, but let's get into that. Now, K Williams, no doubt. Uh, I think he, he, um, he was really good at that spot. He was able to blitz. He was able to cover, um, and he really made the most out of his opportunity in the red and gold. And I wish him the best. Unfortunately, he's no longer with the Niners. He's with the Denver Broncos. But, you know, who who has the edge? I know Darquez Denard this year has been taking a, a bulk of the, you know, first string snaps. And I hear that Samuel Womack also, um, you know, took some first team reps as well. Um, so who do you think has the edge, uh, Darquez Denard or um, Samuel Womack? Yeah, I think I think right now is dark quest to Narda. I think that they want Samuel Womack to continue to develop. I'm not saying that halfway through the year, Samuel Womack won't be able to come in there and push Darnard for the spot. Uh, but Darnard looks extremely comfortable. He understands where he's supposed to be yeah. and he just does you know everything right. And I think right. that's right now Womack is still learning, you know, where he is right now. He's treading water sometimes, you know, to keep his head <laughs> up and just, you know, find out where he's supposed to be in zone coverages and things. Uh, when it gets to man situations, he's lightning. I mean, he can drive on the football. Uh, he's really good with his hands as far as pass breakups. So I think he's got a lot of potential and talent. Uh, the one thing to watch is I watched Darquez Denard get hurt today while shedding a block and mm. injuring a finger on his left hand. Uh, it bothered him for a while. He continued to get some reps. So let's see if he's able to come back in there. Hopefully it's not a situation where it's like a torn ligament or anything where he has to have surgery and misses some time because I think this defense would re- look really good with Ward, Mosley, and Darquez Denard as the you know that nickel group i think it sounds pretty good and speaking of the secondary um you know jason verrett unfortunately he tore his acl last year uh, in the first game of the year against the detroit lions he's slowly working his way back uh, we know he's currently on the pup list and i would imagine that he starts the season on the pup list the 49ers are in a great situation um that we do not have to rely on Jason Verrett to be our best corner. Now we know in 2020, he had basically a Pro Bowl season. He was the best corner on the team. Uh, But as he works his way back to form, we have depth in the secondary. Um, You mentioned, you know, Darquist Denard, hopefully he's okay. Like you said, nothing torn and all the young guys that we've drafted over the last, you know, two seasons. Um, Do you anticipate Jason Verrett starting on pup as well come week one? And then he'll have another six weeks, uh, to get healthy and, and maybe contribute to this defense in the back half of the season. Yeah, I think the way Kyle Shanahan explained it was that they were worried that this could, ha- you know, what happened in 2019, where he came back a little bit early and just wasn't ready to help the team. I think it would give them a a great ability to bring him back after six games or, you know, even after that, like he said, halfway through the year, the end of the year, whatever he needed to do. Um, but they definitely have a plan for Jason Verrett. So I do think he starts on the pup. And when he comes back, they've kind of given a little bit of a glimpse of what this defensive secondary could look like with Verrett back in there. Uh, both the secondary coach and uh, Kyle Shanahan talked about the fact that they could run some matchup things, just depending on who they felt matched up better with each receiver. You know, so maybe it was a more physical uh, receiver like Allen Robinson. Maybe you're putting Charvarius Ward on him, and if it's a Cooper Cup that changes directions very fast, it could be someone like Jason Verrett. It to me, it made a lot of sense and. So that might mean that all these guys are more equipped to play outside and inside a actual matchup cornerback situation. That could be really fun to watch down the stretch once Jason Verrett actually comes back from injury. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, I think when all the corners are healthy, I think, you know, Verrett, Ward, and and Mosey are probably your three best corners. Um, I'm intrigued to see, you know, if Jason Verrett can contribute this year. Obviously, there's no rush. Um, I did see a video of him on IG uh, you know, doing some back pedals and, and sprinting across the field. So it's good to see that that he is running. Uh, but I think it's a great situation for him. We know, it, you know, he's pretty much only going to really sign one year deals from here on out. But he's got an opportunity to to get healthy. And uh, the 49ers are, are OK. And we can 
um, welcome him back in the back half of the season. I think that's that's a, a perfect situation for Jason Barrett. No need to rush him like we did, you know, in 2019 because we absolutely needed him. So um, definitely looking forward to seeing that nickel position uh, play out because we know Kwan Williams held it down when he was here with the 49ers. So he's definitely there's definitely a void there. Um, but as you mentioned, Darquist Denard knows where he needs to be, and he he looks to be you know uh, ready for the position. Um, appreciate you coming on here tonight, man. Um, uh, I don't know. At the top of my head, are there any other training camp? Um, um, are there any other training camps uh, going on the rest of the week? Uh, so yeah, it's going to be Tuesday and Wednesday are the Tuesday last two days of okay. training camp, open practice. They're, of course, they're going to do their walkthroughs on Thursday, but none of us are going to be able to see that because they're going over what they're going to do at the game. Right. So yeah, Tuesday and Wednesday, it closes on Wednesday. And then, uh, then now we get no information from people at camp. It's no, I'm just kidding. We'll have to pay attention to the beat writers <laughs> and all that. They'll give us the information at least to a point. But yeah, definitely the access changes after those two days. So yeah. everyone take advantage of Tuesday and Wednesday because that's when we get to get the most information from people that are out there watching it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and quick, quick question. Um, obviously, I mean, I don't know why I didn't ask you this before, but you know, our number one pick of this draft, Drake Jackson, edge rusher out of USC. How has he looked uh, so far? And do you anticipate him starting this year? Uh, he's tremendously athletic. I mean, it, number one, the guy's body uh, it does not look like a rookie. He's, he's put together physically. Um, the other day he did, you know, backflips and cartwheels down the sideline during the rookie hype train. Absolutely tremendous for a 270-pound guy to move like that. I don't think he's a starter. I don't think he starts this year. I think he's a situational pass rusher. And I actually predicted that I the other day that I believe he'll have like three or four sacks I think he'll contribute to this team, but right now he's going to have to learn how to play in base four, three downs before he can ever start because I think he has to learn how to set the edge against the run. And that's not right. easy to do as a rookie, especially a guy that did play off ball linebacker. Samson Ebucom got really good at that last year. The fact Samson Ebucom missed zero tackles last year means mm -hmm. he's going to probably be the guy starting opposite of Nick Bosa because you got to stop the run on early downs. And that's what uh, Samson Ebucom is really good at. All the while, his technique is so much better. So, uh, Drake Jackson's eventually going to be a big time star for the 49ers with the bend, uh, the flexibility in his hips and ankles to be able to bend the corner, like I've seen him do already against like Mike McGlinchey and uh, Colton McKivitz. But it's going to take a little bit of time and development because uh, Chris Kasarik and Daryl Tapp are still working on his hand and his pass rush moves. Mm. And, and speaking of the defensive line, you know, Javon Kinlaw, um, uh, Javon Kinlaw was working his way back. Uh, from injury last year i believe he participated in first team reps i believe that was today i believe so that's that's a good sign um unfortunately eric armstead is out multiple weeks uh we did sign robert uh Kendice. do you do you think he'll make the active roster robert Kendice? oh uh, you know what i i don't know for sure i think armstead's going to be back kinlaw's going to be back the question is hassan ridgeway if ridgeway is going to be mm -hmm. back I think the 49ers might go with a four-man rotation. Kevin Givens, Hassan Ridgeway, Kinlaw, Armstead on the interior and keep yeah. seven edge rushers. The way that they've been playing Jordan Willis, Kerry Hyder, uh, Charles Aminu, all these guys on the inside, I think they believe that with most NFL teams going to nickel, um, uh, you know, going to these situations with three wide receiver sets, the 49ers will be playing more nickel. So they're not going to need these big guys on the interior as much. So, yeah, it could be a seven and four split, which would be interesting because I think I thought it was going to be six and five before the Maurice Hurst and Hassan Ridgeway injuries. Mm, okay. And we know that John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan, they value the edge rushing position, specifically the defensive line. They've drafted a defensive lineman basically every year except Trey Lance and Mike McGlinchey. So uh, the 49ers definitely value the defensive line. Um, and you need that in the NFL. You got to be able to – uh, upset like as you said upset the quarterback's timing uh, and get him get him get him off of his spot make him run around you know so uh, it'll be interesting to see I, I think this is the best defense so far under the Shanahan era I agree with you um, you look at top to bottom the secondary the linebacking core the defensive line I think the only issue is going to be health if we can stay healthy I think we can go as far as we want to go uh, but we'll see we'll see what happens I will I will ask you this um because we're almost reaching an hour where well, we're at an hour now who are who who's in your mount rushmore of top 49er players of the last let's say this century 
So, so it's, it's pretty much. So, since two thousand, are we going yep. like since two thousand? Okay. <laughs> um, let's see. I, I'm gonna go with uh, Patrick Willis. It has to be I mean, Patrick Willis is one of the one of the best. Um, I'm gonna go with Trent Williams now that he's been mm. a Forty Nine er for a long time. Trent Williams is the is gonna be the best offensive lineman in the history of San Francisco Forty Nine ers, which is saying a lot because he's absolutely fantastic. So I'm gonna go with those two guys. Um, I don't think we actually have a quarterback, so I don't have to worry about that. We can go away from that <laughs> position because, uh, yeah. I mean, you just have to find guys. Um, and then I can't go with Alden Smith, even though I'd like to, just because of all the things he did off the field. Um, this is getting tough. Frank Gore, throw him in there. It's got to be Frank Gore. He's one of those guys. And then um, I'll go with Terrell Owens because mm. he was there towards the end or towards the beginning of that, you know, 2000 era and he's still one of the best wide receivers so yeah. i'd probably go with those four guys and we could probably have an argument or throw someone else in for terrell owens i'm not completely convinced but he's one of the great ones yeah i mean that is a that's a pretty good about rushmore this century um i, I think you kind of have to put brian young in there you can't you, you got to i mean he is a, like a hall of famer but i guess so the hall of famers terrell owens uh you know brian young uh, you know, Jay Rice didn't really, you know, he was he's pretty much pretty much out um, from the 49ers. Uh, but he is a Hall of Famer, obviously. But yeah, um, you know, Frank Gore, I think he will uh, be enshrined in Canton as well. His time will come. I know he, you know, he wasn't always the flashiest running back. He, he didn't have the stats like AP or Barry Sanders or whatever. But longevity is something to be admired. And I believe he is top three of rushing yards all time in the NFL. So uh, I think Frank Gore will be in there as well. My Mount Rushmore this century has got to be T.O. I'm putting Brian Young in there, um, Pat Willis, and I, I I think I would say Frank Gore. I think I think those would be my top four. But I think that's a great problem when you have multiple players you could put in there, um, and the 49ers have amassed a, a lot of talent. But yeah, Trent Williams, he he will be enshrined as well as long as he continue to play at an all-pro level like he's been doing. Um, you know, the 49ers are going to have a, a lot of a lot of busts in Canton. We're are, we're going to continue to add uh bus in Canton, that's for sure. But uh I appreciate you coming on, man. It's the first time you came on to my show, my channel, man. I appreciate it, Ant. Um looking forward to uh, the collabs. Um got to get Alex on here as well because hey, he is the X's and O's of 49ers comeback. You know, he is the Kyle Shanahan of the of that production. So um, that's a good little tidbit of information. I didn't know that. I'm glad I asked you about that. Uh, but but let the people know who are currently in here who, who've never heard of the 49ers cutback. Um, and also let them know where they can find you at on social media um, and what they can expect when they tune into the 49ers cutback on YouTube. Yeah, so basically 49ers cutback on YouTube, 49ers cutback on all social medias. It's real easy to find. We also have Patreon as well. So we have some unique content over there. Um, with some, you know, shows that are just unique for Patreon. They don't come onto YouTube. There's stuff that has, involves music. There's stuff that involves, you know, things that happen in 49ers past with 49ers Cutback in time. There's also all 22 film breakdowns. You can get those. But when you tune into 49ers Cutback on YouTube uh, or any of our other, you know, audio platforms, you can listen to us talk from a coaching perspective. That's kind of our angle. That's what we do. We're talking about a lot of X's and O's and how they approach things with through scheme. Uh, and it's it's a lot of fun. It's just a little bit different than some of the other, you know, uh, content creators. And every single one of the content creators do a good job with their own angle. And everyone's, uh, it's really nice to have different perspectives. Uh, I think that's what that's cool about the 49ers community is there's a lot of variety. You can go yep. find whatever you want to find. So yeah, come check us out. 49ers uh, cut back on YouTube. Let me know what you think about it. Uh, if you have a question or you have a comment, go ahead and say it. I'll, I have no problems conversing with you because I don't believe anyone's perspective is wrong i've sat in rooms with multiple coaches and every single one of them would look at a game film and see it a different way yeah. because your eyes you know everyone's eyes are unique but we're going to give you our perspective and then you can formulate your own opinion from it absolutely and and as you said at the 49ers cutback you get a unique perspective i've never been a coach i mean i have been a coach on madden but that, but that's not the same thing in real life you know so i've never <laughs> i've never been in the huddle calling plays so that is a unique perspective that you bring uh, to the audience. And, and that's why you're almost at 3K subscribers, man. So, man, it's been a pleasure to have you on today. Um, and I guess I will see you in the next one. I'm sure you'll be doing another um, training camp um, production, uh, what, next Tuesday? 
yeah, next Tuesday and Wednesday, I'm going to be out the training camp. So I'll come back. I drive back. It usually takes me like an hour and a half, two hours drive to get back to my place. Um, But I go live about 3.30. So if you guys want to come by, you know, I'll give you firsthand knowledge of what I saw there. And uh, we can have a conversation. You have questions. I I pretty much answer every single question that comes through chat. So I just think it's a lot of fun to interact with everybody. Absolutely. And and where can 49er fans get your merch, man? You got some 49ers cutback merch. Where can they get that? Yeah, 49ersCutbackShop.com. Uh, so 49ersCutbackShop.com. Uh, go over there. Uh, look around. We got some things that are 49ers inspired with some unique 49ers inspired stuff. We have 49ers cutback merch as well. And we're always adding to the store. In fact, I got new stuff I need to drop here pretty quick because I have some uh, more shirts and stuff that I haven't put up yet. Absolutely, man. Well, it's it's been a pleasure. I'm looking forward to the next time uh, we collab, man. You have a great rest of uh, your weekend. And I'm looking forward to uh, when you report on what's going on on training camp on Tuesday, man. Yeah, thank you. And thank you for having me on the channel, Jay. Uh, we've always had such a, a, you know, a good relationship. You came, you were one of the first people to ever come on our channel. So it's always been great. And I'm looking forward to working with you again during the season. You do such a great job. Uh, with the What's Good show over on the Four Yards Cutback channel. So I'm looking forward to seeing that again because it's one of my favorite ones to watch and listen to. Appreciate that, man. Appreciate the kind words. I'm looking forward to doing it week one against the Chicago Bears. Definitely looking forward to that. Um, But, man, it's been a blast, and you continue to put out great content on the 49ers Cutback YouTube channel. And make sure you guys check them out if you haven't already. Make sure you subscribe and follow them on all their social media uh, all the links of that social media are in the links of the description of this video. So it's, it's pretty easy. You just click on the link. Uh, but you have a great rest of your night, man. I, I'm looking forward to our next collab, man. Sounds good. Can't can't wait. All right, man. Take it easy. Later. All righty. That was Ant from 49ers Cutback, man. Very knowledgeable. Um, and like he said, he's coming from a coaching perspective. So that is very unique. You know, not everyone has has been a coach. I mean, I've been a coach, but only on Madden, which, which don't really mean nothing. But uh, it's pretty cool to hear their perspective on things because there's certain things like, man, I, I didn't even think about that. But, man, they, they are a very, very knowledgeable group over there at the 49ers Cutback, man. And, and I'm looking forward to our next collaboration uh, for sure. Uh, appreciate everyone who tuned in to the stream tonight. Hopefully you guys have a great uh, rest of your night. Um, and uh, I believe the next training camp session will be on Tuesday. Looking forward to seeing that. Um, but everyone have a great rest of your night. Huge shout out if you're watching from Jaina Bay Facebook, um, Jaina Bay YouTube, or Jaina Bay Twitter. Um, and I appreciate everyone tuning in tonight. Feel free to hit that thumbs up button. Make sure you subscribe. Got to say what's good to CarCast, man. Thanks for tuning in tonight. Another 49ers content creator, man. Thanks for tuning in. We got payo time in the building. What's good? And 49ers first takes just came through. What's good, man? He says, hey, hey, my man sounded great. By the way, I appreciate that, man. I appreciate that. Got to invest in your brand, man. Got to invest in your brand, man. And I know you do that as well. So appreciate everyone tuning in tonight. Uh, Huge shout out to Blue True. Appreciate that $5 super sticker. And uh, thanks for joining me tonight. Until we meet again. See you guys in the next one.